If you haven't tried 32 Below Froyo and More, located in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, you are missing out. They have frozen yogurt, tons of toppings, endless mimosas on the weekends. They have beer. They have adult floats. Uh, they have a little something for the whole family. If you're hungry, they even have paninis and salads. So make sure you go check them out. They're an amazing local business located in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Welcome to Keeping Tabs. I'm Tab the Croc, and every Monday, I talk to someone here in North Idaho, the goal to connect more people in the Coeur d'Alene area. And then every Friday, I talk to someone outside the community to bring in a new perspective and to learn a little bit about yourself. Okay, I have Taylor with me. Um, I always think of you as Sailor Taylor. Um, <laughs> she works for Hagenon, um, is at Marina Group, and she does some really cool things. Um, kind of a little like powerhouse and really young, but like just killing it out there. So first of all, thank you so much, Taylor, for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. Um, and obviously, if you notice, I'm not in my regular location. So I was just telling her about my lighting situation and trying to figure things out. And I ended up getting a ring light for an early Christmas gift. So we're rolling with it today. <laughs> Love it. Love it. It's not as good as your background. Your background is fantastic. I can't complain. I'm happy to say that this is home. So I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit about yourself um, and what you're doing right now. Oh, geez. So I am North Idaho native, one of the, the rare species anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I've been with the Hagedon Corporation for almost eight years. And I started out as the bread girl. So I know in your previous episodes, you had talked about Beverly's and, you know, something with lake views. It just, it grabs my attention. I have to be on the lake all the time. Um, And that's, maybe that's because I grew up here, but um, yeah, I started up at Beverly's as a bread girl, worked through a lot of different roles and I have, you know, ended up here in the Marine division. And so my life really revolves around, um, recreation. And I would say that that's true in my personal life, as well as obviously my professional life as well. So um, I currently am in sales there at Hagedon Marine. I sell boats and fun and lifestyle, which is really neat because as we all know, like I said, natives are rare breed anymore. So we have a lot of people coming in and what better way to get to know our area and enjoy our area than being out on the, on the water. And that's so true. Now that you say that, like, it's so funny because my office at the chamber, it's like right by the lake. And I'm like, there's no other place to be than like right on the lake. Cause when you're from here, you're like, Oh, there it is. <laughs> I know we're so yeah. lucky. <laughs> yeah. You look out and it's like, there's, there's the water, but there's the mountains and the sunsets and the people and the restaurants and the things that all make our community. And for you, it's like, there's the races, there's the art on the green. So the events, literally anything that makes our community is, it's, it's right there for us yep. and it's very close. And so it's so easy to take it for granted. Right. And that's why we live here. And that's why we, it's like, that's why we stay. I mean, I went away for college. I'm the same way. Like, this is why I stay is because I mean, you have the best of all the worlds and you're still close to like an airport. You're still a few hours from a big, huge, massive city. So it's yep. just like, we're so, and then we're over in Montana in an hour. I mean, you just can't get anywhere better. Oh yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. I mean, actually, if you're listening, Idaho, North Idaho is awful. Don't move. Here. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, 
there's, I mean, it's bad over here, guys. I'd stay away. We're contagious. <laughs> yes. All right. So like what, what, I mean, I know we talked about the, how great, like the, you know, living here and working on the water and being out here, what like really drew you to this career? Is it just cause it just, and I love if you're listening, you've never been to Beverly's and you know, so you go to Beverly's when you come to town. So you know what the bread girl is, um, the orange roll. So you exactly know what that means. Um, but what drew you to, I guess the marine life and sales and that kind of thing. So I think the first thing that got my attention was just being on the water. Our office has kind of a unique situation where we're actually located on the water. So every day I go from lake, this is actually Hayden. So I go from lake to lake. <laughs> and um, I think that's probably my immediate draw, but also being that the boating industry is incredible. So as I kind of dipped my toe in the water, pun totally intended, <laughs> Um, I just, I realized so quickly how small of a community the boating industry is as a whole. And that I felt, I don't know, I could be wrong, but that felt pretty unique to me. So I'm used to the community that we have here, which I absolutely love. And I created kind of that same community, not the same, but a community in the boating industry very quickly. And I could go on and on and on because we just had our annual conference, which was virtual this year, not actually in person. But that is like the recharge each year. You see your friends, you get to hang out, you get to learn best practices. And you know, how did everyone else do this year? What challenges did they face? You know, how, how are you helping each other? Everyone is in it for each other. And that's ultimately what keeps me just pumped in the boating industry is that community. Yeah. And um, you, if you grew up in North Idaho, you either had friends that had boats, your parents had boats, your aunts and all. I mean, there was always a boat in your life somewhere. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I learned how to wake surf out here on this lake back in high school. And it's funny now because, you know, our, I've been doing cycle bar the last couple of months, getting ready for um, Ironman next year. Just a little bit of, yeah, just a little, just a little bit of prep work before the real training digs in. But anyways, our cycle bar instructor, she's like, man, it was hot outside this morning. It's 5.15 in the morning. So it's like 40 degrees. And I was like, you're right. And she was like, who wants to go weight surfing? I was like, me. <laughs> I'm known to do things like that. So yeah, it is. You, I mean, and it wasn't even our boat, but it's like, you know, someone or it's friends. It's, it's deep rooted. Being in the water is deep rooted in our community for sure. I agree. That's so funny. So you're doing Ironman. You're one of the reasons Ironman sold out then. Yep. Oh my yeah. God. So actually it'll be my third full and then I've done the half as well. And all the little ones around town, which I love, that's not to, to discredit any of the little ones. I love our races around here. Um, whether it's just, you know, running or it's the duathlon or even any kind of triathlon in between, but yeah, you had asked uh, earlier or in some of your questions like failure, lessons learned, this, that. I did my first Ironman really young. So I did it at 18 and I didn't finish my first Ironman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like, it's funny that you brought up those questions because I was like, so many of the lessons I learned like started there. Well, then I'm excited to hear all your answers then. So, yeah, <laughs> um, so that is exciting. So you're going to sign up for the quarterly marathon to get that training in, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So iron series, I was one of the founding racers. Good. 
there was eight or nine of us. Those that's a tight bunch right there. Um, and I actually was in Arizona at the time. I had moved down there for school for a brief time period. And uh, I flew up to finish the Fondo because that was the year that the Iron Series had like been founded. So fun fact, I do have that initial little yeah. Iron Series deal. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I would not, would not miss the marathon. Good. I love it. Yep. Um, so let's go into some of those questions. Um, first is, what is something you have failed at? And probably, and it can be, like you said, with, with fitness, it can be with whatever it may be. But what did like this failure, what did like, you kind of learned a lot about yourself? Yeah, that's exactly it. Like you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what you could even need to work on until you failed at something that's really, really important to you. And for me, it had been basically a lifelong goal to finish Ironman. Well, to race Ironman, do Ironman. I had been volunteering since I was little. Like it was, that was my end all be all. And I... I failed. I got pulled off the bike course on my second lap. So I was at like mile 90 something out of 112. Yeah. And I missed a time cutoff and that's on me. So when I failed, it was like, I had worked all through my senior year of high school to achieve that. I had so many people, I felt like I had let down myself, but also so many people that believed in me, that cheered me on, that had given me the opportunity to like really prove myself and like, you know, run with the faith that they had in me. And so when I, when I failed, I was like, I was crushed. I was devastated. And I had a couple friends who got pulled off with me. It was super windy, not an excuse, but I was not mentally prepared for that. And I had no idea what the mental game meant until I had failed at that. And I was like, it's not that I physically I was, I was in great shape. I physically could have done that. And I think that's the worst part is I knew that it was in my head where I had let myself down. So it was a time cap that I missed. And that's why I got pulled off and failed. And I, you know, I came back a couple years later and, and went for it. And I totally burned myself out that season. So it's funny because you asked like what I failed at. And I'm like, that was a big turning point for me because I had never had to face failure head on like that like so in my face so nitty gritty like you can't avoid that people are asking oh no what happened to the tracker or how did your race go or you know it had just been so amped up and you there's no avoiding it so that was a huge time for personal reflection for me like how how did I get to this point because I'm not ever going to do that again and also like I didn't know I could feel shame like that or you know feel like frustration and all the emotions. So it was a huge point where I just learned, learned about myself, my efforts, learned about mental strength and, and all kinds of different things. And then obviously training for Ironman had given me a whole plethora of things that I had learned. And, you know, at 18, that's a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, I, I'm actually really grateful at this point in my life that I had failed at that one because I came back so much stronger the next time. And, uh, I actually had like the fail time. So like, not the fail times. Ooh, I shouldn't call them that. The cutoff times. <laughs> to anyone that gets cut off, they're not fail times. <laughs> Oops, edit so, that. <laughs> yeah, edit that. So I actually had written down like on my, my hand, well, not my hand, like my wrist. So it wouldn't rub off with my wetsuit, the cutoff times for the bike and the run. And as soon as I had gotten off, I like, I knew I had my watch going like it would just, I was so excited when I got off the bike, but yeah, I mean, that's like my first 
deal with failure. And then everything from there is like, how do you respond to it? How, what's your immediate reaction? What does that feel like? What does that look like? And so, I mean, I, I kind of laughed. I was like, what have I failed at? I was like, well, that one lift the other day, um, that time I like spilled gas all over myself. Like there's little, there's small, but it's, I mean, gosh, I learned so much from that one particular instance that it just stands out so boldly to me. Oh yeah. And especially, like you said, you're 18 most 18 year olds don't know what major failure is. And that's the part that gets you. It's like, physically you're there, you're ready to go. You're like, I feel like you're trained for it. But when you're like the mental part, that's the part that's like, you can't explain it. You're like, I've, I've trained so hard. I know but you weren't prepared for that mental game, which is, it's a whole different level when it comes to something like that. Oh yeah, it is. You know, people ask, what's the hardest part of training for an night or what's the hardest part of Ironman? And they're like, you know, they expect it. Oh, it's the swim or it's the bike or it's the run. And I'm like the mental part and not the race, the training. Yes, exactly. Oh gosh. Spot on. So yeah. you are a North Idaho girl. Um, and obviously you. your hobbies, you like to do fitness and you said the outdoors. Is there thing, something like that is like your jam? Like it's your hobby, your go-to thing. Oh man. You know, very season by season. I, I kind of joke with my boyfriend that we have too many hobbies because one weekend we'll be jet boating next we'll be snowmobiling then we'll be skiing and then we picked up diving so that we could go diving on our vacation um last november so all the things like that's not something that i can answer if i can get outside and do something really cool i'm going to and i couldn't pick one over the other. i love that so, you know, we're all going, it's been crazy year. And you said that, well, you, we had to reschedule our first time for podcast. Yeah. Um, you said things are busy with the, the Marine world and with, yeah. like what, what has, what's so different right now for that? So recreation, it's no, I mean, it's no secret that recreation was booming this year and that's anything. So that's, you know, your side-by-sides, your dirt bikes, your bikes, your boats, Um, So being in the boating industry, that has created just a flurry of everyone wants their boats and, you know, COVID's not going away and the discussion of COVID isn't going away anytime soon. So people are already planning on being home or in this area if, you know, home could be another state and we have a lot of people that are planning on being here either year round or for the whole season when they usually are just here for a week or two. And so we just have more, we have more people, more, um, demand really. And COVID obviously caused a bunch of shutdowns leading to a little bit of a shortage in the supply. So there's, you know, there's a few different pieces that have led to really high demand and not very high supply. And people are, are recognizing that I think, and, they, you know, they're getting ready for the next year. We have several different boat brands that we carry. And I would say that majority of them are expected to be sold out by the end of this year. So in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So it hasn't been, you know, and, and the big discussion right now, we just had a meeting. Um, we just had our meeting with Malibu and we also just had that conference that we do industry-wide each year. And a huge discussion is that these are new, new, buyers in the industry or people that are returning and their needs as new buyers are inherently more simply because they either don't know, they aren't familiar, they just need a little bit more guidance. And so um, it's more involved than your, Hey, I've had seven boats. I'm ready to upgrade. 
yeah. get me this one, I'm good to go kind of deal. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So that takes a lot more time for you um, working with those people. That makes complete sense. Yeah, which on one hand is is really fun because you actually get to build a deeper relationship with those people. And that's probably one of the most fun parts of my job. I know boats are fun and great and all, but so are most of the people. And it's that's what I love about it is there's a lot of different people coming in and you get to hear and see and meet all kinds of different stories and backgrounds and just a lot of interesting unique things and people coming in. Yeah, I love, love that. So it has been a crazy stressful year um, and you've got, and all your hobbies do not sound calming. Is there something that you do to maybe like find your center and peace and calm during this, this hectic with work and life and even your activities? Oh my gosh. You know, I've thought about this a lot specifically in the last week because I think like the past three months, I don't know. I had maybe like a little bit of an identity crisis and I was like, whoa, what just happened this year? Like what just happened? I mean, I can't complain. It's not in a bad way. I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of people saw a lot of changes this year and I know I'm not discrediting anyone that has really struggled or any of that that has happened, but you know, I'm in a different industry and that just, it looks different for me, but my life has still changed drastically. And you know, Snapchat, likes to remind you how your whole year went. And it did that like right before we started the Zoom. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I had a little bit of an identity crisis like the past three months. And I was like, okay, I need to like recenter. And I, I could be better about it. I'm not, I really don't have anything that's super low key. Like my, my calm centering time is really when I'm working out. And I love that. And besides that, it's, it's honestly just rolling around in the living room with our little bulldog Chico. Oh, so, nothing specific, but <laughs> yep. Well, I'm just curious because people that are go, 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 sometimes, you know, that is the way that they, I mean, I'm a workout, but I also noticed in my last couple months, I'm the same way. I'm like, why am I feeling more anxious than usual? And I was like, maybe yes. meditate or do more yoga. So I'm always like working on the yoga thing. Yeah. So maybe it's me just trying to like get tips. I'm like, how do you calm down? Cause my life's kind of similar to you. It's like, go. And my hobbies well, are so out. Need <laughs> yeah. a message over to me. <laughs> hey, I'm like, I need some namaste up in here. <laughs> yeah. We're in this struggle together. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, uh, Hagadah Marina, Beverly's, you, you know, I would love to hear what your go-to restaurant is. It doesn't oh. have to be, uh, <laughs> Hagadah. I mean, if you've got some other favorite places, I would love to hear. So as much as I love Hagadon, I don't like to be on property on my own time. Yes. Personal preference. Mm -hmm. um, we, you know, we get to hang out there with each other at work and with clients and everything. That's kind of a perk of being in that group, but hands down the porch. Mm. On time, the porch. <laughs> so, I mean, as I told you, this is Hayden. I'm a Hayden girl. So I, that is like right at home very casual, very chill. Whereas the rest of my life, you know, it's kind of, maybe that's like my, my downtime. <laughs> I'm like, this feels very calm and, and very peaceful to me. It's so chill there. Um, I live right next to moon time. So I have the, I have the sister restaurant next to me. Yep. It is it's always the vibe. They just carry this. I mean, the porch, whenever I have a friend that works there too. And I was just like, every time I go in there, it's just like chill, good food, good drinks. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like your home style food. It's, you can count on it every single time. It's close. I used to live downtown as well. So for me, when it was downtown, it was, I was at moon time more than yep. I was at the porch. That's not, I mean, I'm not out eating at restaurants all the time, but it's very, fun. very, very quickly will I choose the porch if I'm given the option. Yeah. Or to go to dinner, I'll go to the porch, which is good. <laughs> My boyfriend's like, mm, can we not do that one this time? <laughs> I love it. I'm like, we can. <laughs> exactly. Um, what, so you are a go-getter. You are motivated, whether it's Iron Man, your job or whatever. Um, and so you're probably inspiring many people around you and you're constantly doing your best. What inspires you to be the best you? Oh man, I feel like that changes in every situation and, um, honestly every day, probably multiple times a day, but I, I, I really feel like every opportunity that was given to me, I am owed my best effort. So that really comes from, I don't know you know, maybe grandma and grandpa did some babysitting so that mom and dad could provide a better life, which ultimately provides me with a better life. Like it just, it's very deep rooted that you are given so many opportunities. And I, I really do believe that. And you can always do better and make better of them. And I, you know, someone made a sacrifice somewhere and it, I don't think that it's acceptable to allow that sacrifice to go unnoticed in your efforts. I love that. That's perfect. Um, do you have someone in your life that maybe is your hero or that you look up to? Oh yeah. So, um, my grandpa absolutely is my hero. And when I, I kind of want to clarify because when I think of hero, I, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I would love to be that person. Or I would love, I love that they did this or love. And it's very like specific. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, I, I really challenge people and myself, especially like is, why, why are they your hero? Like for me, it's my grandpa was always like my biggest supporter, my biggest fan. I always felt my most authentic self and, and very excited and motivated. And I also just feel very, like very obligated to make him proud. So that's one of those people where I feel like, you know, he gave me his best and now I'm going to run with that and give my best in all that I can. But yeah, my grandpa, for sure. I love that. There's nothing better than grandparents. Um, oh, nothing. I mean, I got, I was lucky growing up until like in the last, you know, five so years and losing grandparents, but I grew up with like all my grandparents plus some like extra grandparents, like step grandparents, and they've all been fantastic. And I look back and some of my biggest, best life lessons, I'm always like, Oh my gosh. Yes. My grandma said, you know, all of these things. And my grandpa said this and I can recite their words, you know? And so it, yeah. it's incredible. And like I said, the life lessons are endless. You have learned, you can kind of hear them in the back of your head. You're like, Oh yeah. yeah. My grandma would. Mm -mm. So speaking of the life lessons, is there a life lesson that you have learned um, kind of the hard way? I love this question. And this is one of those that circled back into the whole Iron Man failure thing, but failure, literally everything about it. Mm -hmm. So how, like I was saying earlier, how you face it and respond to it, how you process and adapt through it, how you change and improve because of it. Short answer, failure, period. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. And I think that's a great lesson. It's like, um, 
someone told me once that like you're it's good to learn to lose like you it's okay and it's okay to learn how to lose and lose properly not properly but like with grace kind of the same thing with failure you're like how do you learn from that I mean I've failed so many times I feel on this podcast that like just doing recordings I'm like ooh, that sounds bad I need to work on the lighting or the voice or the camera or whatever and it's really you're just learning to perfect it to get even better oh for sure I mean I I'm so bad at it still so, I mean there are like this year I faced so many new challenges that I had never faced before. And, you know, when you get into the, oh yeah, like, oh, I've seen this, I can respond to that, I've seen that. And then all of a sudden you're like, new challenge, new challenge, new challenge, new challenge. And you're like, whoa, I thought I was good at this. No, I'm not. And it's not that you're not, but it, it's never the same. Yes. And that's why it's always a lesson. It's always applicable. It's always a lesson. And it's always something worth learning. Mm-hmm. And it humbles you. Like you're constantly being humbled. Yeah. Like, Ooh, just when things are going well and you're starting to feel on top of the world and you're like, I'm the queen. And then they're like, Nope, you're going to fail another time. You're like, yep. okay, step back queen. Yep. Take a breath. Namaste. <laughs> there it is again. Oh, so you have so much energy and you're so awesome. What is, um, if you had a billboard, let's say right in downtown Coeur Lane. And you could put anything in this billboard. It could say or have anything on it. What would you put on it? Okay. I did think about this one a lot. And um, I probably over was overthinking about this one because I was like, oh my gosh, you only have this message. And I did, you know, I was in marketing before I was in sales there at Haggad on. So all my like, okay, what's the font gonna be like? And what are the details? <laughs> Girl, but you need, I to, young, you need to chill. Exactly. Exactly. So I just, I brought it right back down and I was like, you know what? I'm just leaving it at the original thought. And honestly, I would say, um, do better, be consistent. Mm, yes. Consistency. That's like my life motto on anything that I'm trying to do is to be consistent. Cause I think that's when you're the most successful. Yeah. And honestly, that's probably just a billboard for myself because I think that that's something that I would, I would want to see. I should probably just write that on my bathroom mirror. Really? You probably should. And then with your yoga mantra. Yep. I, so I used to keep like a quick quote, like a, I don't know, just a couple words on uh, the dash of my car. Mm. And I got a new car this year, so I haven't done it in a while, but that might be my new one. Yeah, definitely. That is for sure. So do you have any goals um, in the next three to five years? See, I don't even like asking this question because every year changes and especially with COVID. After COVID, I've learned to be like, there is no plan. We have no three to five years. What is planning? What is expectation? Do you have like any projects or any plans that you see yourself in the next couple of years like really wanting to accomplish, especially since you're so young, you have like the world is your oyster to do anything and you know, we could do anything we want. Is there anything you have, you know, in the future, near future? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I mean, I think any of us would like to do some traveling in the near future, but <laughs> that's kind of a small one. I, there's, you know, a lot of it's personal goals for me mm-hmm. professionally. I, I kind of went into this year. I was, this is my first full year in sales. Um, even though I have been with the company for a while and I, I kind of took that as a, let's see what I learn. Let me like get a really good feel for it. And I'll, you know, I'm, I'm going to put my best foot forward and anything that I try to do with that. Um, this moving into this next year professionally, I, I know just enough to be like, I'm going to set some really aggressive goals. So 
I, I'm, I'm putting those together right now professionally, but um, personally, one big goal, like I said, I, this last week, I'm like, I have got to find something that gives me a little bit more like well-rounded, I don't know, hobbies or just something that's not so high intensity, high energy involved. Um, so that's, I would say that's more of like my spiritual one, so to speak. Um, I do have some financial goals that's more like, you know, building house, either flipping that, getting it into a rental, things like that. I've got Iron Man. It's hard to say what the three to five years look like until then. But, you know, this year brought so many changes that I still haven't, I went through the identity crisis, but I haven't figured out any of the answers. Girl. I don't know that I will, but I want to build on that. So there's, there's good things happening and good momentum going. And uh, yeah, I definitely want to build on that. I do have like a little bit of a passion project that is still very much conceptual at this point. And I, I want to get that off the ground and running. Um, and it's very community oriented. And it kind of has like the same goal as you where it's, it's um, like connecting people in the area, but I more in like a youth um, role more like youth mentorship kind of deal. So mm-hmm. I have yeah. something you should connect. I have like five people you should connect with that kind of have the same ideas. So Ooh, I love know. Um, any youth mentorship or connecting, uh, I got you girl. There's that's what, that's what all kids need. That's what all kids sure. under the age of 18, they all need it for sure. And I, you know, team sports, I think are great. And I actually, love coaching, love, 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 love it. Because I feel like that's currently in, in how our world works, the best option as far as that mentorship goes. Personal opinion, of course, but. I mean, I, I, personal opinion, but I also think that it's so, I mean, everyone, sports are crazy right now with, I mean, yeah. just in general, if you want to be professional, anything, or if you want to move up the next level, you have to play volleyball all year round, baseball, whatever it is. Yeah. But the, the time that a coach or assistant coach gets with these kids, you're teaching them more than the sport. You're teaching them life lessons. You're teaching them how to be a good person. Like people don't realize what comes with team sports is so many valuable things. Oh yeah. And I, I mean, I see a lot of where that has been undervalued and you don't quite have the right fit as far as a coach goes. And that breaks my heart. (laughs) And I've seen where the entire athletics idea or concept is undervalued. I mean, it's no secret. So I went to charter very much academically oriented and I was an athlete. And so for me, I, you know, there was so much more to it that, you know, I, I went to that school knowing what the focus was and everything, but I came out of it with an even stronger passion that there's so much value in team dynamics and that coaching relationship. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. That is amazing. I didn't know you were a charter girl. I went to school at Harrison at Kootenai high school. So, um, Oh, yeah, I think later along there was like, they were the same league or conference or whatever they call it. Yeah, we always played Kootenai. Um, gosh, what are what's that mascot? We are the Warriors. Yes. Yep. 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 I actually really like that gym. <laughs> I remember well, always liking it. Well, they built it like right after I got out of high school, so I was like, hmm, fantastic. We played in this little gym, and now this is huge gym, and it's beautiful, and it's in the middle of the mountains. It's a great little town. I mean, little, like, yeah, I, w- I always, yeah, I was always shocked going out there. Oh yes. Yes. Um, so 
what can myself and our listeners, how can we support you right now? Oh man. Um, honestly, just community engagement. I mean, I'm Sailor Taylor on Instagram. So I'm glad that that's sticking because I feel like I get a lot of people that say, Hey, Sailor Taylor. And I, I have no desire to be Instagram famous, you guys, but I found that that's one way that our community really connects because we have such a beautiful community. Like, of course, a photo-based social media platform is going to be how our community engages the most. So um, that way I just reach out. Like, I mean, I love meeting people and I feel like there's so many good dynamics going on in our community right now. And uh, just meeting and knowing those people. And obviously, you know, professionally referrals are fantastic, but I would love to meet the people that you, you were telling me share kind of a common goal and concept right now. And um, I'm not closed to any of that. So really just connecting. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, so last question, we are all going through this pandemic. It is crazy. No matter if you're living in Coeur d'Alene, um, New York, anywhere, Italy, wherever you're at, we're all going through something together and it's tough, whether it's mental, physical, losing your job, financial, give my listeners our, like a piece of advice to like, kind of make something better or something to kind of like leave them with during this really rough time get outside, Mm. get outside and, and just disconnect. There's so much noise. And a lot of it is, is just that it's not feedback. It's not constructive. It's not input that you should be consuming. Just get out of the noise. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for giving me your time today. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Keeping Tabs. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes to listen to all the great interviews. Keeping Tabs is all about people, telling the story of some amazing people we have in our community and across the world. So make sure you subscribe, like, and follow along.